Good morning, everyone, again. It's not great to be back in front of the camera again, as Shane was saying just the other day. But it is good to have the technology to be able to reach each other through phone messages, through the computer in various ways, through every way. And God has blessed us with with these things. And I'm sure all of us are thankful for the technology at this time, even though it's a nuisance. Um, thanks to those who have led so far, Shane, always with uh, great warmth of manner about leading us in, in the worship of our living God. And that's what we're doing this morning. We just heard a little while ago about Moses and how God had led him, how he had led the people for on behalf of God through the wilderness for, for a number of years. And the the basis for, for it is that God had called Moses to serve him. Moses was now looking forward to entering the promised land. And here's what happens. And and just to, to put it in context, um our our situation, you know, it's it's been a somewhat disappointing Christmas, I'm sure all of us would agree. But it wasn't like in the in the sixteen forties the Puritans, the uh there was a basically a a republic in, in England at that stage, and the Puritans who were in power they decided that they would ban Christmas. There was too much frivolity, too much lightheartedness. They were not happy. Christmas was, was meant to be a time of, of religious fervor and not enjoyment of the things of this world. So they decided they would ban Christmas and they had basically, the, they had vigilantes out to try and keep people under control. It was not popular with the populace, as you can imagine, because everybody loves Christmas. But if you're in power, you can do things like that. <clears throat> but it was one of the things that was unpopular about the Republican government. And eventually the monarchy was restored. Uh, the the uh, Republic was overthrown and they got Christmas back. And finally there was happiness. But it seems like this year that the uh, the Puritans have come back again. And I'm not blaming the government. They're simply doing what's best. But Christmas has been taken away from us it isn't just what it should be we were all looking forward to it this time last week we were all thinking Christmas is coming we can relax we can enjoy life but Christmas seems to be gone and the context for 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 everything that Moses had done he'd been leading the people for 40 years he was just about to enter the promised land but then God intervenes very drastically in in Moses life personally and it's a devastating blow for Moses because God says to Moses, Moses, you will not enter the promised land. You will not get to meet, the, see the, the, the beautiful land. I will let you look at it from a distance. You'll see how wonderful it is and you'll realize what you're missing out on. But you will die before you enter it. And it must have been absolutely devastating. And Moses thought, must have thought it's it's not fair I've led these people, I've been faithful, I've guided them, and now it's they who reap the reward for all the hard work I have done. I've looked after them, I taught them, I guided them, I cared for them, I intervened with, for them before you, and now what's my reward on this earth? It's absolutely nothing. It's just not fair. It's like a lad, for example, who um, turns up for all the, the training for sport, he goes through all, all the miserable nights that we're familiar with in Ireland, playing soccer or Gaelic or whatever it is. And he helps with the tidying up after training and everything like that. And then 
when the match day comes, he doesn't even get on the subs bench. And it just seems it's it's not fair. Life is just not fair. And Moses had recounted for the, the people in the preceding chapters all that had happened, how he'd re- God had rescued them from Egypt. He'd cared for them through the wilderness for 40 years, showing them many miracles, directing them. And Moses was leading them in battle. He was interceding, as I said before God, telling them, be careful. And when God was angry with the people because of their sin, it was Moses who stood in the breach and, and said, God, don't punish them. If you need to punish them, punish me instead. Don't punish them. And Moses was a, a man who had an incredible relationship with God. If ever anyone knew God personally, it was this Moses. Remember, Moses met God at the burning bush. Um, he learned about God's holiness. He learned who God is, how to pray. He learned to plead with God. He learned to argue with God. He learned to honour God in everything that it was possible for a man to know about God, Moses, more than anybody else. Because if you remember, Moses was the one man on this earth who met God face to face, as it were. No one else had had that privilege. And now this Moses who loved and served his God so faithfully was missing out on what he had worked towards all his life, the promised land, the promised land, a land of milk and honey, a land flowing with with riches of every kind and disappointment surely would would not cover how Moses must have felt. He must have felt absolutely gutted. And he was angry with the people because they had distracted him from serving God more faithfully. Perhaps Moses was even bordering on becoming bitter. Everything, his whole life that he'd worked towards and it was just being snatched away and he must have thought, it's not fair. And I have to confess, and I'm sure many of you do as well, that you must have felt a little bit like that when Christmas was, a, as it were, cancelled by the government just this past week or, or less. They brought out new guidelines, new restrictions, and it had been a tough year for all of us. We saw the virus from a distance. We saw it in China, and I remember looking at... Uh, photos of of the pollution levels in China had dropped significantly when the the virus hit there because production was was slowing down and we were all thinking how interesting and then slowly but surely this, this virus came and it hit us and it came like a perfect storm really. Uh, We saw it and then all of a sudden with Within weeks, we were on lockdown, and that was frustrating. Remember March, April, when roads were so quiet, people were hardly working at all. But then things eased off. Summer came. It was, wasn't was great. We couldn't go abroad on holiday very easily. It was unfortunate. We had to cancel holidays and such things. But it will pass. And then we thought, yeah, there might be a second wave, but we'll get it under control. We're, we're expecting it. And then the second wave came and they, they went into level five and things were pretty tight for a while. But they promised us, the government promised, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Everyone looks forward to Christmas. It's the goal. Traders, workers abroad, families hoping to gather together. When when the virus was really suppressed, we were going to have good times. 
and then the new year was coming and there was 2021, there was possibly a vaccine. It had to be good. It couldn't get worse anyway. Life will be back to normal soon. And then this third wave came very suddenly, just a week before Christmas. And basically, it, it was like, if, if you know, I don't know if you've heard of the story of the Grinch who stole Christmas. Grinch uh, was a, a creature who lived on the outskirts of a town called Whoville, W-H-O-V-I-W-L-E. And he hated the idea of people celebrating and festivities and enjoying Christmas, giving presents and things like that and all of that. So he made a plan to destroy everybody's Christmas by stealing all their festive possessions, food and gifts and everything like that. The Grinch decided he was going to steal Christmas, take it away so that people couldn't enjoy it. And how awful is that, you think? And yet it feels a bit like, but it's it's not a true story, so don't worry. It was made up by Dr. Seuss. But it sums up how we feel this year. Someone has stolen Christmas. Someone called pandemic. And all our sacrificing, everything that we gave towards having a good Christmas, it counts for nothing. We, we sacrificed during the summer, as I said, we sacrificed our holidays sacrificed friendships, we sacrificed meeting in each other's homes, the sport, the cinemas, the hair salons, all those day-to-day -day things. But for some people, the sacrifices were even greater for those who lost one whom they loved and weren't even able to go in and hold their hand in the hospital or the hospice, for those who were unable to even have a proper funeral to mourn and grieve as we would normally do. All of that was snatched away from us. It was very personal. It was terribly sad. We lost what was closest to us. It was a massive sacrifice. And it looks like it was almost all for nothing. This virus would not go away. And that must have been how, how Moses felt when he was told, you will not enter the promised land. It's, it's just not fair. All my sacrifice, all my giving was to no avail. And it's easy to become disillusioned and almost bitter about things. And we can look and see it's not just Christmas we're missing out on now, it looks like. But the new year doesn't look that great either. Everything that we look forward to is being robbed from us. When will it end? What, if you are a Christian, is God's purpose in all of this? And we need to look and see... What was Moses' reaction? After all, as I said, he'd been recounting all they'd gone through when he led them through the desert. And now he continues teaching. And he continues in, in chapter 4 and verse 1, just following what we've already looked at. It says, Hear now, O Israel, the decrees and laws that I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may have live long and go in and enter then take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And he's saying, don't give up. Listen to what I have to say. And then he goes on in, in chapter 4 and verse 33, he says, has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like this ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation, by testings, by miraculous signs and wonders, by war, 
by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds. Look at all the great things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. And, and that is Moses urging and pleading with the people just because he is missing out on things does not mean that he that he will give up on these people. He is warning them. And he, he goes on then following that in the next chapter, chapter 5, to recount the Ten Commandments, God's laws to his people, and saying, these are the most important things that you could ever learn. Learn them, teach them. They are more important. They are life to you. And then in those the next chapter, in chapter 6 and verse 4, and he, he says those famous lines, Hear now, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you walk along the road, when you sit down to eat. Bind them on your hands and on your foreheads. Let these laws dominate your life. Though Moses was being robbed of, of the very joy of, of entering the promised land, he was missing out himself, but he would not give up because he saw the bigger picture. He saw something far greater. And for Moses, it, it was a similar mindset in, in the, the prophets who would follow after Moses, the likes of Elijah, Isaiah, the, the various prophets of the Old Testament. Peter wrote about them, he said to them, it was revealed to those prophets that it was not serving themselves they were, but you, when they spoke about the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel. And Peter was saying to them, it's not about serving themselves they were going about, and similarly, for you and for me. God has called us to serve him in such a way as no one else ever has been called. And we may, like Moses, miss out on some of the earthly things but we have a treasure that far outweighs anything this world can offer and recently um steve keating was was speaking and he mentioned um jim elliot and and the the missionary martyrs of ecuador they died serving god but one of the things jim elliot wrote before he went on the mission field he said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. And he gave his very life in the service of God. Moses, he had no idea what lay ahead of him, what lay ahead of Israel. All he knew was God promised to bless his people. A land full of riches, a land flowing with milk and honey, where they would be safe from their enemies, and Moses' disappointment was real, but he knew, I don't have time to focus on myself. I don't have time to look at everything I am missing out on. I have prayed that God would care for these people and lead them. And he is doing that, perhaps without me. My disappointment is real, but it's not about me. It is about serving the God whom I love and caring for his people. And most of us in... <clears throat> In the past year, at some stage, I've surely got fed up with all of the restrictions we've had to endure. And then it seems to get worse rather than better all of a sudden. We've been robbed of Christmas and the new year 
is looking very, very uncertain. But God has a greater purpose. He is answering our prayers, believe it or not. And Moses wanted just one thing to to enter that promised land, but God said, no, I have other plans. I have better plans. Submit to me and live. Trust me. We've longed for Christmas, it's true, for relief from the COVID, for a new hope. But we've often said in the past, put your hope in God, not in your surroundings. Because if you put your hope in your surroundings, your feelings will change. But God never changes. And our surroundings includes the effects of COVID-19. And we've prayed often in the past that that God would would move on this earth and challenge mankind in his ways and follow him. Well, he is answering our prayer. We have to believe that. This pandemic has not caught God by surprise. He is in control and we may not like the way he is doing things, but he is a good God and everything is under his control. He is using it for his purposes, for his glory, and he is using it for our good. The question that that God God spoke to Paul when when Paul was, was on the road to Damascus and he said, Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? A goad is a sharp pointed stick that a herdsman uses to direct animals. And he was saying to Paul, essentially, I am directing and leading you in the way I want you to go. I want you to trust me. And sometimes God has to direct and point us in ways that we do not like. But we, as I said, we have prayed in the past that God would work in this world. He is working through this pandemic. He has a far greater purpose, just as Moses had to recognize. It is not about my personal needs, my personal desires. It is about the Lord, our God, and his plans, his purposes, which are always good for this earth. So let's trust God that though he has um, denied us the joy of Christmas, denied us perhaps the the things to look forward to in, in in the months ahead, But he has a good purpose and he is in control. He is a good God. Let's trust him as Moses learned to do. And as we see in the scriptures leading onwards, God has done great things through his people. He will continue to do great things through us, his people, into the future. We simply need to trust him. May God bless his word to us and may God care for us and bless us in the months ahead. I'll hand back to Shane at this stage. Thank you for your time. May God bless you in the year ahead. Amen.